I have, a, a, I don't know the right English word for it, but I have a kind of an angel that looks after me. And um, if this wouldn't be there, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be here now. Hi guys, what's up? This is Haro Brouwer from Paragliding Chat. Today I'll have a chat not with Brands, but with Pascal Purin. I met Pascal in Austria. He's a very skilled pilot, manufacturer's test pilot, and he was a competitor in the Red Bull X Alps, twice. Now you can say he is on a mission. Pilots should know more about their wing to improve their safety. It's time for a chat. Yes, hello, my name is Pascal Purin. And uh, yeah, surprisingly, I'm sitting here with uh, Horo now. Horo, sorry. You can call me Harry, doesn't Harry. matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's easier. It's not a good name. Also. I didn't know you, you were pronouncing my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's glad to be here with you and uh, talk a little bit about paragliding, yeah? I started paragliding with the age of nine. And uh, since uh, 12, actually, uh, I wanted to be a test pilot because uh, I found my way to the Aachensee in Tyrol in Austria. And I saw the, the, the big guys there like Mario Eder or Mike Küng and Walter Holzmüller testing their prototypes there. And for me, uh, those guys were the heroes. And um, yes, since that, I, I, I really grew into the paragliding world. I learned uh, with Jürgen Kraus and Christa Vogel uh, the world of, of testing and developing paragliders back at the days at Skywalk uh, and later later on my, my paragliding journey went through some different paragliding brands and also working as a test pilot at the homologation um, company with the EAPR and also I did uh, the X-Alps twice and uh, well yeah now now I'm a, a test pilot and photographer for FEE and I'm doing my cross-country tours in Carinthia. And yeah, have a good life, enjoy the paragliding and, and yeah, <laughs> that's about me. So all your life is actually paragliding? Yeah, for the, for the last 24 years, actually, there was, uh, it was, the main topic was paragliding, yeah. When did you make your first flight? That's a funny story. I, I have to g give you maybe two minutes to, to give you a nice picture. <laughs> Because my, my uh, dad used to fly and when I was nine years old, we moved uh, in Vorarlberg from Dornbjörn to Bregenz and my dad uh, threw away his old paraglider. It was uh, one from, the, from back in the days, 1987 Pro Design, big wing and uh, harness, just a seat board and no protector and that's it. And my, my dad fr threw it away and my brother and I, we took it out of the garbage and... Uh, yeah, went for paragliding kind of. <laughs> he didn't know. And, uh, you know, I, I knew some videos and saw my dad landing in the garden and I knew a little bit uh, some things about the concept of inflating the glider and taking, bringing it up. And yeah, but in Bregenz, we, we hardly have wind. There is no wind at all. And there was this one day when there was a thunderstorm. <laughs> okay, now it comes. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's the day of the days. Today we really have serious wind. And uh, I couldn't wait. Normally I drove with my bicycle to uh, a field 
and at this I didn't want to waste time and I just went to the to the church place it was all um uh, strong ground and the church left side of me from the back strong strong wind and in front of me was my religion's teacher's house <laughs> and I I inflowed the glider and immediately I got smashed against the floor and the glider was blown up the roof and me tone uh, up the roof and I thought fuck 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 now something bad will happen I don't know and uh, then uh, for a few seconds I, I can't remember what happened the next uh, the next thing I know is that I'm hanging in my harness just a meter above the ground the I, I was falling down and the lines uh, got uh, taut at the rooftop and nothing has happened yeah, that was one of my first serious flights, actually. <laughs> and since it happened all at the church place and ended up at the religion's teacher's house, we saw it. It's a sign from God that uh, I, I will do paragliding much more. <laughs> I, I swear it's 100% the truth. Yeah, that really happened to me. And my, uh, my uh, angels, which look after me, had a, a, a really stressful afternoon, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. We're a great team. <laughs> Nine years. Yeah, pretty young for a, for a large glider with a 35 kilogram <laughs> of weight. So did, did your parents find out? Yeah, my religion teacher asked me if I will tell my dad or if, or if he has to do it. <laughs> and then I told him, no, I, I will do it. No, don't, don't mind, I'll do it, yeah. And I told him and yeah, he, he, he thought what, yeah. Now it happened already. What should we do? Yeah, but good to know that we have his wing. <laughs> yeah. And then you continued flying. I continued. Yeah, uh, I continued working so much on the ground, ground handling. I think uh, that made me quick, uh, good in piloting because you learn so much from from doing only ground handling. And I had to wait until I was 14 to to work on my glider's license. And uh, then for another two years, I had to just fly with the flight school. So I could immediately uh, uh, do a lot of safety trainings and was uh, big time supported by the flight school Flugschule Aachensee with uh, Christa Vogel and Eki Maute at that day. And yeah, it uh, worked out pretty good. A funny story, when I was 15, I, I was, um, my dad was somewhere and I flew a competition in my neighborhood. And... Um, the competition was very interesting, but the next days we flew like 80 kilometers uh, distance. It was my first big uh, cross-country flight. And in the evening, I, I called my dad and told him the story. And he was angry that I went flying uh, without him knowing and I didn't even have a license. Then he was proud at me that I flew so far. And he also was jealous because he never flew so far by himself. <laughs> so it was a crazy mixture of feelings. But yeah, uh, I was so much into the paragliding world uh, nobody could stop it yeah when when i was 16 i did my first uh, work at skywalk uh, at uh, at subi as a test pilot jürgen kraus uh, showed me the world of testing and since that i'm yeah i'm mostly test pilot yeah what do you feel while you're up in the air well paragliding for me is a place where i'm kind of home because i've spent so much time in the air and um it's such a, it's kind of an entrance in a, in a different world, as everybody, I think, feels. Uh, Chin Seok Song uh, brought it to the point back in the days, he said, flying is something what you can never have on the ground. And I think this uh, fits perfectly because uh, the silence, the freedom, the 
peaceful situations, the challenging situations, to, to play with nature, with the invisible, understanding the rules up there. And what's nice, there are just physical rules. No rules uh, regarding whatever we have with uh, law or car driving or whatever. You just do what you can manage and what you want. And uh, I think the... The possibility we have with a paraglider nowadays, with the with the little weight and and package and doing bivouac flying or stuff, it's just beautiful. I think this is a privilege we have. We should uh, we should know that uh, yeah, only a few people can do this sport on this planet. And also, if you look back in the days, we are the first generation who can have have access to such easy flying. So. I always, when I do my, my cross-country lessons, my cross-country uh, uh, coachings, we, we talk a lot about this stuff. Because, you know, there are people who fly 170 kilometers and their friend flew 175 and then they say, wow, fuck, uh, bad flight, uh, whatever. And uh, they didn't understand in this situation that they were allowed to fly so far, so long through, uh, through beautiful nature. And that's the, the the focus we should have, I think, and not the, the amount of kilometers or the, the competition style. Sometimes when I when I walk up a mountain with my ultralight gear and uh, I take off and I just sit in the harness and look around. And you know, you it, it's uh, we once we, we went to a really high mountain and uh, at 3,900 meters you just uh, put out your glider and 20 minutes later you're at the car. Everybody else who walks up has to walk down again. You know, it's like cheating kind of. <laughs> it's very luxury. Yeah. So what are you doing right now? Well, at the moment, uh, I work for FEE as their um, uh, test pilot. And uh, I do a lot of the uh, technical photography work we do nowadays with the prototypes. And I do the, the shootings for the, for the commercial pictures we need and stuff. Um, yeah, being, being part of a, a company is a really great feeling because you're really in the core of the, of the scene, actually. And uh, working with Hannes Papes and the FIT team is a great honor for me because uh, this is really where I feel home. And uh, we, have, uh, we have a great team. It makes a lot of fun. And Han Hannes, uh, it's just incredible how, how we can work, how he manages uh, the prototypes. And uh, yeah, it's great fun. It's uh, it's safe working also nowadays being a test pilot. It's not uh, you don't have to be such a big hero like <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. And um, also I do um, cross country courses, uh, Alpen coaching. I call it. Uh, that's your own company. That's my own company. Yeah, it's called Into the Sky. Into the Sky. Uh, at It's my homepage. You can find uh, information there if you're interested. And yeah, what what I what I do now is uh, I, I just I like to share what I learned in testing what I learned in X-Alps um, I think paragliding is, is mostly a, a mental sport if you are strong in your mind and you have if you have some nice solutions for special situations in paragliding if you have uh, uh, access to different uh, perspectives then I think paragliding uh, can be done very safe and very good and very fulfilling yeah And this is what I, I'm trying to share now with uh, the Alpen coaching. Yeah, I, I look for very small groups, only seven people, and it's five days around Carinthia to we are very close to Slovenia and Italy. Um, we, we fly in many different places normally and have a good time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you elaborate a bit more on X-Alps? X-Alps, um, 
Xabs was awesome. It was uh, first attempt was 2015, and uh, 2015 was great because we did like 90% of the mistakes you could possibly do. We learned a lot. <laughs> it was very frustrating in the beginning, um, uh, but yeah. Basically spoken, you can say we 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 fucked up big time at the first attempt, and the you say we? Yeah, we we as a team. Well, mostly me myself, of course. Actually, uh, the the pressure I made myself uh, regarding the live tracking put me under such big pressure. I always thought that somebody is watching me flying and and crosses his hands above his head and thinks, oh no, what is he doing now? You know, but this picture, it was just uh, happened inside my mind. I, I, nobody told me that story that this actually happened. It, it, I was creating it by myself. And this put me under so deep pressure that I really, uh, I was flying so badly. And I had to walk so much and we did so many mistakes. I was in a really bad shape, yeah, straight on. And, um, and ended up what place? Well, uh, I had to quit. Yeah, I didn't, uh, we had to stop uh, at some stage. But in 2017, I changed that picture to a picture I learned from a wonderful Michael Jackson music video where he is in a big uh, um, football air arena and like crazy Michael Jackson concert like we know them. And he was playing Heal the World, Make It a Better Place and the people went crazy. And uh, I changed, I took this picture that the people who watch me and live tracking, they're just going nuts. What what other crazy solution I found and where I find a lift and how crazy, look how quick he is. Uh, I chose this picture for me to feel secure, to feel safe, to be uh, creative, to be motivated. And this changed so much. I, I had so many, I had two flights more than 200 kilometers. I had uh, a few uh, 150 kilometer flights and this brings you to Monaco very close. Yeah. And still, and this is the, the part uh, I don't uh, have so much in my personality, it's the competition thing. For me, it always have to be safe. And I want to, you know, there is a life after Xalps. And it's not like it's uh, kind of interesting in any financial form. So I had to bring it home safe anyway. And um, like the whole Xalps 2017 was all in the green area. I never, I didn't have any dangerous or bad situation, neither on the ground or nor in the air. So this was a perfect, perfect, perfect thing for us. Um, my supporter, Gabi, it's my wife now. Um, she she supported me 2015 and 2017 and alone, uh, alone what we learned together as a team there uh, is helping us nowadays <laughs> uh, in a very good manner so um, yeah 2015 was very bad but 2017 was uh, awesome and um, the differences were actually equipment I had 2017 I think the best equipment in the whole field I could fly the Skywalk range Xalps harness which, which still is a, a, a lovely harness especially for such adventures and uh, I was uh, the uh, one of the only one who could fly the, the Seno the setups uh, back there and it was the perfect wing for, for those conditions I was very lucky and just a few things in perspective which we changed from 2015 to 2017 worked, up, worked out so well that we could achieve the 6th place 
and with we I mean we yeah the whole team we, it was it was such a lovely journey we had a peaceful uh, peaceful aura all the time and the whole team there were big uh, struggles with other teams we heard but uh, that was a perfect perfect ground to to plant a, a lovely flower there because uh, every day and I walked 630 kilometers distance in 12 days I I climbed 30,000 meters of altitude I walked down 12,000 meters of altitude and every single day I was feeling perfectly well I had no pain at all I had a perfect uh, pain body management I was in in such a great shape it was it was a lovely journey really big time and um, yeah, this this is the main thing I think I I share in my Alpine coachings because the mental part of uh, any journey I think it doesn't matter if it's in paragliding or uh, in other side of your life is is uh, the the mental part is is the one which decides or you decide what you what your mental access to whichever task is. You sound a little bit like Ferdy van Schelven. I interviewed him ah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, we, we shared uh, a lot of kilometers, Ferdy. He's a really nice guy. He helped me he helped me a few times very nicely. <laughs> well, uh, just sharing an idea or a takeoff place or one long flight I was very tired and I followed Ferdy because he was rocking the wave so wonderful and we were just flying together and um, yeah, that was yeah, it's a cool thing. Flying with an eagle. <laughs> and he also says there's a life after X-Alps. Yeah, very important because you it's it's not worth to kill yourself or bring yourself in a, a in a too risky situation. Uh, yeah. That's why uh, a few times I decided to walk and not to fly, even if the other were flying, because I, I didn't see the point. And I think this is something which uh, helped me to be so many years in this sport and to be still alive and still love and like uh, what we do. Uh, so that was 2017, was your last X-Alps. Would you like to compete again in X-Alps? Absolutely no. <laughs> no, things, you know, um, I'm a father now and I love my kids. Uh, and uh, yeah, I love to be a family dad and want to be home and playing with my children and not uh, six times a week training and, and having the risk and being away and stuff. No, this is something I did, what I'm proud of, what helped me, what I learned a lot, but now it's at uh, a time. Prayer gliding is also a lot about safety and things that happen in the air. Well, yeah, a few things, a few things. Um, but uh, in the end, uh, as I said earlier, uh, I really believe in that. I have, uh, uh, I don't know the right English word for it, but I have a kind of an angel that looks after me. And um, if this wouldn't be there I, I'm no, I wouldn't be here now because I had some situations where I was lucky so much once I, in a test flight uh, I lost my glider uh, I, I was landing with only with uh, riser some lines and the reserve and um, once once I had a bad landing where I had a, a little bone broken but that was not the big story and a few times hanging on the rescue uh, flying acro or uh, in testing so 
Actually, this, this test pilot thing is a good thing to do in your early 20s because now in my early 30s, uh, I'm a little bit more settled. <laughs> it's not so important for me anymore to do the highest wing over in front of the people close to the ground. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's a normal way of uh, growing. But yeah, paragliding, yeah, you have to watch out. I think the, the most important part is do a lot of ground handling. Do a lot of ground handling. Do it. Be creative. Uh, make up games. Do it uh, blind. Do it in in every uh, situation you can handle. And be smart. Don't make stupid mistakes. And uh, just watch the weather, man. And because our paragliders nowadays, they're so safe. They are so good. They're so handleable. Um, you really need to to. Uh, make a lot of mistakes to fall from the air so it's actually only a question of uh, the pilot yeah and pilots do make mistakes of course of course they do and I, I always think it's a, a question of uh, skills you learn in ground handling because this is the perfect simulator we have and just uh, being uh, smart with the weather uh, spring in the Alps, you know, you have you have thermals up to 10, 12 meters per second. It's normal. If you if you had a long wind break and you're driving 1,000 kilometers from the flats into the mountains and go flying, it's not a surprise that this might is too much for this pilot. You know, if he just flies in the morning or maybe three months later in the summertime, uh, it's a completely different story. So the the topic about weather and just know in what kind of conditions you're going to end up is, is a thing I think many pilots make mistakes. And also uh, to, to finish this is the question of glider. What we, what we have nowadays in terms of uh, glide and speed um, in a high A class is incredible. And uh, to, to really motivate people, I, I, um, how do you say, I think a high level B is the maximum a pilot should fly. Because you have so much safety, you have so much speed, you have so much glide, it's not worth to, to fly something beyond actually, to be honest. Because it's, but it's easier in takeoff, it's uh, in so many terms safer, it doesn't make sense uh, to fly more. Even, uh, just if you're really, if you're a pilot who flies really much, you know, yeah. Do you have or had fear in the air? Of course, of course. I think that's a natural thing. But uh, the, the way you handle your fears makes the difference uh, what solution you will get. But of course, sure. It's not every time that I think, wow, easy. If you're in a heavy lee side with bumpy conditions above the rocks, I think, uh, I'm very concentrated, yeah? And the, the fear is a path you should never go, actually. It's a, it's a mental direction you kind of choose. Um, but of course, you have to do kind of a risk uh, management. And uh, I think the best thing is don't put you in stupid, dangerous situations. This is something we can learn. In, in studying, in thinking, this is all logical. There is, there are no big surprises actually. It's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah. If you're just a topic top landing, you have to think about: it. is it worth it? Is it safe? Do you really need to have to do it, or is it just an easy top landing? Uh, you know, um, Alpen coaching, for example. My people were on the ground. I had to land uh, on the top to catch the car, and it was just not worth it. Uh, you know, I told my guys, guys, uh, I will hitchhike up or walk up or whatever, but uh, it was just not safe to land, and you have to. Um, 
yeah, follow your feeling and just don't think about losing an hour because you were the weak guy or whatever uh, thought you could have. So if you if you want to do something which, where you have too much uh, surprises or unknowns, then you have to go back at your risk management to think about if it's worth it. But yeah, this, this is something that we can talk about uh, hours and hours. <laughs> What is the most important thing you would like to say to pilots? Be grateful that you can do that sport. Do a lot of ground handling and um, always follow an optimistic uh, perspective. Because in every situation, even if you are in a, in a big thunderstorm cloud, you have options. <laughs> so just... It doesn't matter what happens, keep a good picture in your mind. This is what I do, yeah. Uh, I show the pilots uh, the professional, uh, the sporty way, the racy way uh, technique of paragliding, which brings you uh, under the base uh, in a much safer place. It's the, the technique we, we test pilots fly, actually. Um, and this is uh, changing the pilots in my weeks big time. I really enjoy that uh, and it's, it's, that works good, yeah. Pascal Purin, thank you very much. Thank you very much too. That was my chat with Pascal Purin. Paragliding chat will take a break now. Hope to return later on with new stories and new chats all concerning paragliding. If you like listening to paragliding chat, then a donation would be most welcome because I do make the whole show completely voluntary. There's a PayPal link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe to Paragliding Chat, then the next episode will automatically appear in your favorite podcast app. Till next time, safe landings, bye!